It's August 13th, 2014, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's technology. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. First, we'll cover a few science and tech stories, and then two news guests will tell us about coding for iPhones and apps to help untangle Hawaii political campaigns. And joining us today is Shu Shen from the Organization for the Understanding of Dynamic Languages to tell us about an uh, an iOS programming series. And then we have Carmel Lim from Common Cause Hawaii to tell us about Civic Accelerator apps built from uh, campaign spending data. Finally, we'll explore the addictive, globe-spanning mobile game called Ingress. How has the battle evolved here in the islands, and what potential lies ahead for mobile gaming? We'd, of course, love your questions and thoughts ready to call in or tweet us. But first, the headlines. The use of lasers to improve observations made by Earth-bound telescopes has made the Keck Observatory on Mauna Kea a global leader in the technique. It's part of a, a range of technologies known as adaptive optics. A laser pointed into the sky creates a guide star that can be used to adjust observations for interference in the atmosphere. Now the robotic laser adaptive optics system has been developed to automate and expand the technology to other telescopes around the world. The RoboAO system has now been enlisted in the search for exoplanets, getting resolution levels and results from the ground that rival the quality of observations made from the Hubble Space Telescope. The RoboAO exoplanet survey was conducted in part by researchers at the University of Hawaii's Institute for Astronomy with technology developed at the Palomar 1.5-meter telescope in the mountains above San Diego. The team looked at 715 candidate exoplanets hosts uh, hosts first identified by the Kepler Exoplanet Project, making it the largest adaptive optics survey ever. But the team says that they're already planning to expand their work to look at 4,000 candidates from the current survey, as well as stars identified in the current Kepler K2 mission. Christoph Baranek of the Institute for Astronomy said in a statement, the automation of laser adaptive, adaptive optics has allowed us to tackle scientific questions that are unimaginable just a few years ago. Now that the technology has been proven, we, we're looking to bring it to the pristine skies of Mauna Kea on the Big Island where it will be even more powerful. Now, you know, I was kind of wondering what role does the, uh, the laser play? And, and basically, you know, what they normally do is they try to find a, a reference star. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes if you're doing, you know, surveys of these exoplanets or looking for exoplanets, it's hard to find a reference star. So with the guide of the well, with the laser, they use the laser as basically the, the guide uh, guidepost. Right, it's a stationary uh, uh, a stationary position against which to stabilize everything. The fluctuations in the atmosphere, you know, um, gases and other things, clouds and such, you can adjust and remove them basically. But I, but it's something that we talk about uh, often here on the show. But this robotic system automates that process so that um, rather than setting up the guide star, adjusting it, and then, you know, working with the telescope, it all happens in one move. They say that basically they can do uh, a number of observations, maybe 10 times as many observations, the amount of time that it used to take with kind of a manual setup. Of yeah, the, the, um, the breakdown I heard was that, uh, you know, normally it would take them about 10 minutes for one observation. With this uh, uh, new automation, they can actually do it in a minute. And they've already said, you know, they're, they're looking at some of these results. They've got results about hot, hot Jupiters. These are like giant uh, exoplanets that are in tight orbits. They found where they're most common, and they found binary star systems with planets around both stars. Mm -hmm. So exciting stuff. This is, of course, the Exoplanet Show. That's right. 
Converting crops, crop residue, and agricultural waste into biofuels and other products has been a major goal in Hawaii's renewable energy initiatives. Last week, the state announced that it would make up to $50 million in special purpose revenue bonds available to help one company make it happen. Lawmakers recently passed legislation to support a zero-waste energy project, and last week the governor authorized the Department of Business and Finance to make the bonds available that will help Biotorque Hawaii build its commercial facility. Biotalk Hawaii, a local subsidiary of a company based in Florida, has been developing its technology since 2010 and has collaborated with the Pacific Basin Agricultural Research Research Center on the Big Island. The state has already committed $4.8 million to the project. The special purpose revenue bonds will allow Biotorque to enter the third phase of its development program, which involves scaling up to commercial facilities to process mass amounts of agricultural crops and byproducts, including papaya, molasses, sweet potatoes, and albizia. There's quite a bit of albizia available now, of course. The, company propri- the company's proprietary method of creating oil for biofuel and high-protein feed requires no sunlight, is cost-efficient, and takes only a few days to complete the conversion process. Company spokesman Tom Lyon said in a statement, we firmly believe that in many circumstances there is much more value in converting carbon-rich organic biomass into high-value products rather than just burning it, burying it, or using it as fertilizer in the field. The model that we're pursuing is to specifically address the locally available biomass sources using natural methods and to create much more value to the local and global economy. And, you know, I think the um, this idea of uh, creating this high-protein feed also, you know, benefits the uh, uh, livestock uh, industry because oftentimes a lot of what has to be paid out is to mainland vendors uh, for feedstock. But if so, if they can keep that sort of... Uh, uh, value proposition here in Hawaii and, uh, and and keep the money flowing to local vendors for this sort of feedstock. Uh, it keeps the money in Hawaii. And I think that it's an interesting addition. You know, it's an expansion upon just burning it and, and, and getting energy from it. This is another way to do that. Of course, again, the company's been working on it for a while, but they're trying to get to commercial, basically production level, almost utility scale. So that's why they need a lot of these funds. Some of the funds came through the barrel tax. Some of them came through uh, other funding sources. But uh, uh, it looks like they're now moving and they're going to build this, this large, large facility. Mm-hmm. We'll keep an mm-hmm. eye on it. Yeah, sounds interesting. And uh, finally, on the tech calendar, tomorrow afternoon the on Maui brings the Maui Techies Meetup, a Pauhana event for networking and talk story for software developers and other tech industry folks. The meetup will begin at 4.30 at Cafe Carmen at the Tech Park in Kihei. For more information, you can contact Brian Berkowitz of Makanikai Tech on Facebook or techhui.com. On Monday, the Hawaii Information Communications and Technology Association is hosting its 19th annual luncheon program at the Pacific Club. The featured speaker is UH President David Lassner, and of course he also served as the university's first VP of Information Technology and its first Chief Information Officer. For more information or to register, you can visit HICTA.org. And on Thursday in Hilo, the Hawaii Tech Exchange is hosting the Hilo Robotics Meetup. The informal get-together for local robotics designers and engineers will be held at the exchange on Ha'ili Street, and discussions will uh, revolve around software challenges and business opportunities. And that's 6 p.m. on August 21st uh, in Hilo. For for more information, of course, you can go to hitx.co. Now joining us here in the studio is Xu Chen from Oodle, the Organization for the Understanding of Dynamic Languages. And he's here to tell us about their iOS programming events, uh, which kicks off tonight, in fact, after the show. Welcome to the show, Xu. Uh, Thanks for having me. 
So the uh, the first one, uh, maybe you can describe. We actually had a little news thing about the uh, the first in the series, which was last week, right? Um, I'm not. No, tonight's the first tonight, event. I think tonight's yeah. the first event. Yes. We, oh, although t- we did also announce it in the calendar last week. Oh, I see. Okay, so next week is the actual the one that you're going to be talking about, which is about Swift. Yes. Right. But, okay. Got but it. what's yes. happening in about I would say 50 minutes? <laughs> Actually, I think the talk tonight's at 7 p.m. Oh, okay. And uh, we have a local dev, Kyle Oba. He's going to be uh, presenting about a uh, reactive cocoa. It's this um, data-driven framework for mm-hmm. programming. Uh, uh, are developing uh, uh, iPhone apps. Now, this uh, group, and I called it Oodle. I'm sure that's probably not the most flattering. <laughs> the Organization for the Understanding of Dynamic Languages. Yes. Um, there are a number of dynamic languages. This is an iOS event specific to iPhones, but tell me a little bit about what qualifies as a dynamic language. What other programming languages do you talk about? Um, actually, the group, we are a lot of topics that we talk about have, have actually come away from dynamic languages. Mm-hmm. We, we In the past, we've had talks about databases, um, security. Uh, we've talked about languages that weren't dynamic or mm-hmm. that, that are arguably dynamic. So, it, I mean, that's part of our name, but, I mean, it's, it doesn't restrict what we choose as a topic. What would, what would perhaps qualify as a dynamic, or maybe better yet, what isn't a dynamic language? Is like Fortran not a dynamic language? <laughs> uh, no, because Fortran it's old? is not a, I mean, it, it's a lot of People have have their own different opinions. Um, mm-hmm. I guess in in general, uh, uh, any language that, that isn't strictly typed, um, where where when you assign uh, some value to a variable, you can then later on change it. Um, so actually, uh, the Swift language isn't isn't. I mean, you some people could argue, and there's aspects of it that that are dynamic. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I can only imagine the software developer arguments over what is a dynamic language. So, again, there's two events, one this Cage week, fight, one next fight. week. How how are you breaking up these two? They're not like part one and part two. They're two different talks, correct? Yes, they're, they're two different topics. Um, Reactive Cocoa is, is, like I said, it's a framework. It's a it's a, sort of like a library that that, that um, developers can, can include into their project, mm-hmm. and it lets them uh, deal with problems in a, in a data-driven way. Um, and next week, uh, they'll be talking about uh, just a, a whole new language altogether. Mm-hmm. And that, that language has been recently uh, unveiled by Apple. And, um, I mean, nobody outside of Apple knows exactly what, what Apple's going to do. But uh, from, from, I guess, this, this point of view right now, it, it seems like this is the language they're going to be using going forward. So if you're interested in, in developing for the iPhone or even developing uh, uh, for the OS X, mm-hmm. um, this is the language to pay attention to because you probably will be using this. I mean, they had a pretty uh, heavy emphasis on Swift at the uh, developer conference, right? I mean, and in the yeah. keynote at least. Yes, that's where they introduced it. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I've, I've, I've said already I wanted to teach myself programming and of course like a month into my teach myself the the old way, the announced Swift, and all the people who I was studying with us are like, well, forget it. I'll just wait for Swift to come out. I mean, what's your background, and and how 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 excited are you about this development? Um, actually, I I'm not. I mean, I'm st- I'm very interested in in different languages. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I don't feel like I don't just stick with my one language and and then do that. But um, currently, right now, I I guess personally, there. I, I don't do anything in terms of iPhone development mm-hmm. or 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 that sort of thing. So uh, there's not much use for me personally. Mm-hmm. But I I mean I I think they're probably gonna uh, go further with the language. I mean we we don't know for sure, but uh, uh, 
the language is useful in other contexts. Um, uh, you can actually write, uh, you can script things on your, your Apple computer using this language. Uh, you could run it to automate tasks mm. or whatnot. And so it's, I mean, time will tell like whether this is useful in, in other aspects. Personally, I, I'm a web developer. Mm-hmm. So right now there, there's like nothing in with Swift regarding web development, but I mean, who knows? It's right. the language just came out very recently. Right. There's still like there's they're still making changes to it. So and for um, with with um, Udo, these um, this um, uh, presentation is uh, when, where, and, and how much does it cost? Um, so the presentation tonight is at seven p.m. It's at the Manoa Innovation Center, mm-hmm. um, and then next week it's also on Wednesday, but at six p.m. And also at the Mondo Innovation Center, and uh, we don't charge. It's actually uh, free to attend. So Ooh. where f- uh, where would someone go to find more information if they're interested in iOS programming? Uh, so we're organized on Meetup. So www.meetup.com/dynamic, mm-hmm. and that's where we announce all of our events. Super, sounds good, fantastic. Uh, and let's see. Thanks you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Nice and now joining us is uh, Carmiel Lim from Common Cause Hawaii to tell us about the Civic Accelerator and apps. Created to help everyone follow the money in local politics. Welcome to the show, Carmel. Thanks for having me here, you fine gentlemen. Oh, I'm happy to be here with you as well. <laughs> well, good. So, tell us a little bit about uh, maybe how how this idea came up to uh, create this sort of civic accelerator, and and of course, uh, you know, common causes uh, um, sort of involvement in this. Sure. Well, the opportunity actually fell into our lap from a member, a Common mm-hmm. Cause member, Chris Coney Bear. He brought up the Vocal RFP to mm-hmm. us. Vocal mm-hmm. wanted to fund different programs, different projects that really focused on money and politics nationwide. So a bunch of our board members got together um, and discussed what can, what need can we fill here in Hawaii? A lot of people during elections are getting out the vote, registering people, reminding people to get down to the polls. But we noticed that there was a lack of understanding on how campaigns are funded Mm -hmm. and how campaigns are spending their campaign money, how candidates are spending their campaign money. Um, And so a former board member, this brilliant guy named... Well, well, you know, in the interest (laughs) of full disclosure, I I, I must add that, you know, I had something to do with uh, Civic Accelerator. But yeah, it was a a cool opportunity to actually get some of our local programmers to to look at some of uh, this data and, mm-hmm. and, and presented in ways that could be easily visualized. Right. So we had uh, at least 30 volunteers show up, led by team leaders. The final apps are led by or were led by Ben Trevino, mm-hmm. Royce, J- uh, Royce Jones, Jason Axelson, Doug Matsuoka, Rich Halverson. They really came together with developers in the entrepreneur community and with Common Cause policy advocates mm-hmm. to look at what are the campaign spending laws and how can we better get people to understand what campaign spending is, for one, mm-hmm. and how to understand the data behind that. So Campaign Spending Commission has been advocating and supporting this and been involved as well. Mm-hmm. So we're very happy for different communities to come together to support this. Right. Yeah. Now, where Bert and I come in, obviously, is on the open data side, although Bert also works with Common Cause Hawaii. But the idea is great that um, you, you this data is available. Check it out. But for a lot of people, that's, that's intimidating. It's like saying all the information in the world is at your fingertips. But that's, that's, that's a big thing to try to digest. So the, they came up with tools to 
to present it visually, to dive into it different ways. Um, was there uh, were there any insights that you, someone who's been clear, closely watching this information for a long time, that you thought was a new discovery as a result of some of these apps? Yeah, during our hack nights, which were weekly get-togethers for the developers and the policy folks to develop these programs, these mm-hmm. apps, um, our colleague, my colleague, call Corey Tanita, who's our project coordinator, coordinator, she was at these meetings, and she was really listening to the conversations that were being had, identifying different loopholes within our campaign spending laws and identifying ways we could strengthen and prevent strengthen the laws and prevent future, mm-hmm. if any, mm-hmm. um, corruption or circumventing of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what's kind of interesting is when you have uh, sort of a new set of eyes looking at the, the data and maybe creating an app that, that could uh, tell a story about the data. Then you start to see maybe maybe some anomalies or maybe some ways that it could be strengthened, like you say. And then right. it, could, it could actually have uh, an impact on policy as it gets introduced. For sure. There's the policy aspect, and then there's the civic engagement aspect mm-hmm. of it. We had a demo day in April mm-hmm. for the team leaders and the team's members to present their apps, their near-final apps, to the public. And I, for me, one of the most rewarding parts of that day was when a student who presented on behalf of Devo League said, I didn't even understand what campaign finance was to begin with. And after this, I understand how money influences politics, how votes can be swayed, and how it all ties together and how it's important for us as citizens to be involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in fact, at one of the events that I went to, there were actual candidates there to learn about this, which helped them get better insight into maybe how other campaigns or even competing campaigns might be ra- um, raising funds. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I do remember the discussion where, so we have this data. Uh, technology lets us parse it. We find some anomalies, like what if someone uses different names but they're the same person, and how do you merge that? I mean, a lot of possibilities. Of course, this was put together to help with the election. A lot of people were talking about the fundraising difference between one gubernatorial candidate over the other and such like that. Um, How do you see that this could help uh, someone now as we head into the general election? Well, you know, it didn't only help people identify who is donating to different candidates, but also how much and how they were spending. So this will be very helpful in the general election to see who is funding these different campaign ads, political ads that we're seeing on TV. Mm-hmm. And it's really helping to fill in the gap on the 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 gap between the coverage of substantial issues and mm. the fluff, you know, support so and so because of because your auntie asked you to, right. mm-hmm. and it, it really helps to see which organizations are funding that, who's behind that, and what types of bills are coming up in the next session that that could be tied to. So tell us where we can find uh, these apps and, and maybe take a look at maybe take a little bit more time to to delve into it if uh, if any of our listeners want to you know sort of check out some of these apps. All our final apps are listed at civic.celerator.org backslash apps. That's mm-hmm. A-P-P-S. Fantastic. Sounds good. And I think uh, they'll be updated as new reports come in, and uh, we'll have it all yeah, prepped up. It's for real time, the, yeah, so it'll be prepped for general. So thank you very much, uh, Carmel, for joining us. Thanks, very. Thanks, Ryan. And that's what's been happening this week. We'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by uh, Shani Hiroka and Joylene uh, Kaivi to learn about the finer details of Ingress. What took Ingress so long to come to iOS? And if you're not playing, what would be 
the way to get you into the game. Of course, we'd love to hear your thoughts, whether you play or not. Or if you have thoughts on how mobile gaming could evolve, you can give us a call at 941-3689. Or you can reach us toll-free from the neighbor islands, other hotbeds of hotbeds of ingress at 877-941-3689. And of course, you know, this is, uh, this is the opportunity to ask those questions you were afraid to ask. And if you're afraid to even call in, you can tweet us <laughs> at Bite Marks or at Hawaii. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Banner ads on blogs. Oh, you guys, that is so 2012. However, in the last several years, brands and bloggers have been partnering together a little bit more on sponsored content. I'm Kai Rizdal. Oh, joy, the economics of a blog about style and design next time on Marketplace from APN. This evening at 6, following Bite Marks Cafe. The suicide of Robin Williams shocked the world that loved him, but to the millions of people living with depression, it was a grim reminder of the fragility of their lives, regardless of their brilliance. Next on Town Square, our panel talks frankly about depression, how we regard it, and what you or someone you love can do if you're suffering. It's Thursday at 5 on Town Square. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And joining us today is Shani Hiroka and Joylene Kaivi. Shani is the uh, is a level eight ingress player and represents the resistance. Joylene, meanwhile, is also a level actually she might be beyond eight. We'll have to ask about that. But in any case, she represents the enlightened. And of course, well, what is it that makes this game so compelling? And we'd love to hear your questions and comments. And if you have a a desire to play Ingress, this is the place to call. The nine, number is 941-3689 on Oahu or 1-877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. Shani and uh, Joylene, we want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So let's start with, um, you know, I, I sort of, I'm a novice, and I assumed that the highest level was eight, and that's why I gave you guys level eights. And now, Shani, you told me that there's... Two new levels, which are 10, and, and I guess you guys are 10, could be 10s. But I want to first start at a really basic level. And, uh, you know, tell us how you kind of got involved with Ingress. And I want to hear both of your stories. But, Shani, why don't you start? I got started in Ingress when it was in beta last February. And I started because I know two people online through Google Plus who are actually enlightened and they were dominating the island of Oahu so much that they needed some competition. So they encouraged <laughs> me to join the resistance. Oh, okay, okay, wait. Now, so I, I want to also find out about these two factions. But but before we get into that, uh, Joylene, what did, how did you get started? Um, I got started also when it was in beta. And it was last year in January. And I started because my boyfriend um, <laughs> got me into it. And he was playing a, about a month ahead of me. Uh, I think he got his code to start playing in uh, November or December uh, before I did, and um, he was playing a lot. (laughs) So (laughs) he said, hey, you better download this game too and play with me or you're never going to see me. And so uh, I sure did. And um, I am level 13 BTW, thanks. Ah, wow. Right. Well, I, I do want to back up quite a bit. Um, I mean, the, the, the question comes uh, up quite a bit, which is what is 
ingress. I mean, you can say it's a Google product. It's from a startup within Google called Niantic Labs. And uh, apart from that, though, you might see posts about it or you might see strange groups of people on their phones under a tree that don't look as strange as Look, look somehow stranger than the normal people who are looking at their phones under a tree. So uh, I'll, I'll put this to you, Shaney. Um, if somebody walk up to you when you're on your phone playing this game rather than, I don't know, Instagramming or Snapchatting, uh, and someone says, what are you doing? What is all that going on on your phone? How do you explain ingress to somebody? Usually the simplest way I explain it to my friends who don't play is that it's geocaching meets capture the flag. So basically you have to walk around to capture these flags. And in Ingress, the flags are called portals. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty simple. Destroy the existing portal, capture it. But uh, in terms of destruction and such, it's all happening. I mean, you're not actually destroying a, a actual landmark in Hawaii. It's all shown on the on the phone. Um, Joylene, how, how do you describe it? I mean, I, I, I can certainly see that um, getting into it can help you not lose someone close to you who's obsessed with it. But uh, um, when you had to explain to someone that you're, oh, by the way, I need to I need to run off and do something in this game. How do you explain it to them? Um, kind of the same. Just like Shaney, I, I tell them it's a GPS-based game um, that you play on your phone. And you, it's sort of like, like she said, capture the flag meets geocaching. Um, and basically, they get it from there. So I I think. Now, when you when you first started uh, back when it was kind of beta, uh, were were the portals all out there, or was there a way to sort of submit portal requests? Like you know how when Foursquare first uh, came out and people were checking into places, but if the place wasn't there, you could actually create the place and then check into it. How do these portals get established? Um, at the beginning, there were sponsors for Ingress, like all the Jamba Juices are portals, mm-hmm. U.S. post offices, most libraries, fire stations. But they also built in the ability for players to submit their own portals. So like the King Kamehameha statue became mm-hmm. a portal and things like that. So you do that through your phone. Through and and, and uh, when you folks got started, how many, I mean, how many did were there any portals that you guys uh, submitted? I, I'm kind of curious. Like, I submitted one portal, and it was a <laughs> duplicate, so I stopped. Oh, oh not a submitter, Joy Lee. Um, I submitted quite a few, and usually when we go on um, hikes or things like that, mm-hmm. you can actually submit those as portals. Um, also, some businesses are now portals, too. I, I see a lot of people doing that. But it's mostly um, usually like monuments or public art pieces, things like that have been submitted as portals, too. So when you submit a portal, does it have to have a certain, um, let's say, uh, some specifications around what this portal is? And, then, and who actually determines whether your submission is approved or not? Um, it goes to Niantic, and they actually approve it. They look it over, and they um, decide whether or not it's a real portal. They look at the location as well, and um, they determine whether or not they're going to put a portal there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we can give suggestions, but they're ultimately the one that's the ones that decide. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Ingress, a game from Google that was available at first only on Android, but now on iPhones. It's clearly obsessed quite a few people as they rage a battle across the state and, of course, across the world. If you're a player or a potential player, we'd, of course, love to hear from you. Why would you love this game? You can give us a call at 941-3689 or toll-free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. And we uh, have... Uh, uh, caller on the line, Shari from Diamond Head. Uh, welcome to the show. Hi, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm doing great. 
Hi, Bert, as well. Well, thank you. And, and are you uh, well? Are you talking on the phone and, and hacking any portals at the same time? <laughs> I actually was while I was waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what, what compelled you to, to get into that? Well, first of all, what level are you? How, how far have you gotten in the game? I just reached level eight two days ago. Ah, congratulations. And so what, what led to this level of obsession? It's actually your fault. Um, you were oh. posting quite a lot about how much fun <laughs> this game was, and it was really frustrating because it was only available for Android and not iOS. Mm-hmm. And I just joined in when it did become available for Apple. Right. So you're, you're um, well, you're as uh, new as I am. Of course, I'm just a level two newbie, <laughs> uh, uh, but you've uh, excelled to level eight. So obviously you've been out there sort of hacking all these portals. Uh, and and the um, the iOS version really didn't become available for maybe a, the the last what three four weeks. Mm-hmm. So how many uh, I mean how how many portals have you hacked and you know how did you get so caught up in this? Well, you know I work at Kapiolani Community College, so mm-hmm. part of it was to keep that whole area blue. Um, I'm on Ryan's side, by the way, <laughs> and. Um, you know, and, and I also live in the Kaka'ako area, which has an incredible amount of artwork. Um, but we actually, there, there's a learning curve to the game, and, and my, my coworker and I, Food Smash, had no idea what we were doing. But we ran into um, some veteran players, mm. um, Alberio and Purple A, and they actually guided us, and it all suddenly made sense. And, you know, now that we knew what to do, we just went a little bit crazy. Well, I have a guide, and, and I ask him questions, but I still don't know what <laughs> is going on. You have to go outside, Bert. Oh, okay. that's that's one that's one aspect. So, so you know, you you have a job. You're 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 shaping young minds and such. What was it that that seized you? I mean, uh, how crazy did it get for you? Was it an addic- addictive game for you? You know, the the thing about it is, we would be walking for two hours and not even notice um, because we're so fixated on on you know, creating fields and creating links between portals, um, that it's, for me, it's about walking. And, you know, secondary is also, I'm discovering different parts of the island that I had, you know, things on the island that I'd, I had no idea existed. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, uh, on the KCC campus, I mean, how many portals are, are uh, sort of in play there? There's a lot. Um, there's like maybe about, Twelve around campus, and then there's the surrounding area. Hmm. Now, have you had any encounters with muggles that wonder wh- what is it that's causing you to walk in circles in a wide open field? You know, it's actually with security guards and some <laughs> sheriffs and police that that um, oh. I catch their attention <laughs> because you know you're you're walking back and forth, you're trying to find uh, the best spot, and, and I guess we look a little suspicious. Excellent. Well, I'm I'm glad that you've not been detained. Congratulations on uh, Level 8. Thanks for your call. Yeah, and thank you for introducing me to this. My pleasure. (laughs) Thanks, Sherry. Bye. So, you know, when um, you sort of encounter these these portals, right, and and, uh, one of the first things I tried doing, because I I really didn't have much instruction, (laughs) but um, is you hack a portal, right? So when you you Tell me about what it ha- what happens when you actually hack a portal. What what takes place? Basically, you're using some of your XM, which stands for exotic matter. Mm-hmm. The, those are the little sparkly spots on the ground, and that gives you enough energy to do actions like hack a portal, destroy resonators, deploy mod- uh, 
mods and things like that. So basically, you're just going up to it. Everybody should always hack the portal. That's what gives no, you uh, gear. Right. So are you hacking, um, you know, if you're on one faction and another fact, you know, like Resistance and Enlightened, do you hack your own portal? Yes, definitely. You hack everything. You hack everything. <laughs> always be hacking, as I've been told over and over again. Um, yeah, you can hack everything as you're walking and driving or on the bus. Um, just you need to do it to get the gear um, to play. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So I guess I need to understand a little bit more about the mechanics of it, you know, hacking and getting gear and stuff. It's a game, you say. It lets you walk around and see interesting places. But how do you win? I mean, how, how do you say you're doing well versus not doing well, Shaney? How do you win? <laughs> it's the endless game of capture the flag. Um, I guess Ingress has events. They're called anomalies. And that's the most measurable way to see you're winning because Ingress keeps a scoreboard and whoever wins that particular anomaly is obviously the winner. That's it. That's getting advanced. That's getting advanced <laughs> because, you know, one of the uh, one of the things that I have experienced is that I run, you know, Ala Moana, Magic Island, and I was uh, I kind of finished my run over at uh, Kiwalo Basin and I took out my phone and I was sort of checking out a couple of the um, the portals there and they were not even claimed. I mean, so obviously there was a period of time when nobody did anything and and there was no claim. So I, I claimed it, right? And here's a level one guy claiming <laughs> <laughs> claiming the couple of portals in, in um, uh, Kiwalo. And of course, the next day that I went running, I checked it out and of course, I was basically destroyed and nobody I mean my name wasn't anywhere there was somebody else that actually claimed that portal what happened was it blue or green uh it was green oh so that person used their bursters to destroy your resonators and claim it for their faction um, for you Joylene I guess I should ask you that question as well I mean uh this game gets you out and about but what I mean how do you measure your success in terms of uh continuing to get into it I mean you can only walk so much. You can only visit statues and other points of interest so many times. Um, what keeps you going? Um, what keeps me going? What keeps me playing the yeah, game? Yeah. Oh, I actually, uh, meeting new people, um, seeing new places, that kind of keeps me in the game and keeps me excited about it. Um, I've met so many new friends, uh, friends that I call family now, and that's probably what's most amazing to me, that I never know who I'm going to meet. I never know where I'm going to go with this game. So it's always something new. Mm -hmm. Were either of you video gamers of any kind prior to your discovery of this mobile game? I played Tetris. (laughs) (laughs) That's about it. (laughs) Shaney? I used to play EverQuest. Ah, okay, okay. And are those in any way... Related to Ingress? Not really. Ingress likes to consider themselves a Morpig, which is a massive multiplayer Mm -hmm. online Mm role-playing game. Um, But for other games, you're sitting at home on your computer or with your PlayStation and playing. Ingress forces you to go outside and play Mm -hmm. and be active. Well, you know, we're talking to uh, Shani Hiroka and uh, Joylene Kaivi, both much more high, much higher in level than I am on on Ingress, and uh, we're learning a lot about the the game. And if you have any comments or questions about how to play Ingress, uh, the number to call is nine four one three six eight nine 
or from the neighbor islands, you can call at one eight seven seven nine four one three six eight nine. We want to welcome John, who's calling from the big continent of Berkeley. John, <laughs> welcome to the show. Hey guys, thanks. Hi. Aloha. How are you doing? Good, good. Um, and by the way, uh, good to talk to you. We'll have to take dance lessons sometime together. And plus one for Tetris. All right. <laughs> one, I, I actually had someone submit a resume with their Tetris score on it once. So. All right. Very cool. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> where where do you fall in this uh, this mobile gaming uh, world and with uh, with Ingress? Well, so here's where I fall. Actually, I'll actually cut to the chase. So I'm a busy old man, and I was really excited when I heard that Ingress was coming to iOS because I do like gaming and stuff. And I guess my question is, I haven't actually downloaded the app and gotten into it yet. And I'm wondering, am I going to be able to enjoy Ingress on a casual basis? Like as, you know, an old guy who can like, you know, doesn't have time to like, you know, go scavengering everywhere all the time. But sometimes I want to pop my phone open and, you know, kind of like checking in Foursquare, check in in Ingress and play a little bit of the game while I'm out and about. That's a that's a great question, John. I'm sure a lot of people are in your boat. Thank you for your call. Thanks. See you guys later. Yep. So, Joylene, um, clearly we're talking to hardcore people who go to meetups and participate in, in anomalies, organized events and everything, but not everybody has that level of commitment or t- of time availability. Uh, is Gingress something that's that's even accessible to somebody who who's like more a casual gamer, a Tetris player or, or something like that? Well, definitely. I mean, it's for everyone. Uh, we have players that only play during their lunch breaks and they want to be outside um, and not um, just in a lunchroom or at a restaurant. They want to actually walk around. So they just play during their lunch breaks. Or um, I know Shani and I were just talking about we pretty much played on our way to work. That's it. <laughs> and, um, then there are those that play all the time. And... Um, so it's for everyone. Um, it's for all most ages. Um, I would say we have a lot of teenagers that play. Um, we have a lot of um, senior citizens that play. So everybody, anybody. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Shaney? I mean, um, you're a busy professional as well. Is this something that can be satisfying just between lunch breaks or on the bus to and from work? Definitely. I think so. If As long as you're okay with... Uh, as fast as you're playing. Some people get upset that they're not leveling up. And if you're only playing for half an hour a day, well, that's probably why you're not leveling as fast oh, as a person why. who plays 10 hours a day. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, Ryan used to come out at five in the morning and we'd go hack, walk one mile in and one mile back. And that was our, exercise. our half exercise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, uh, we want to welcome Ryan from Kailua to the show. Welcome to uh, Bite Marks Cafe. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Jolene. Hey, Shani and Bert. How are you guys? Good, good. Good. Hey, I just wanted to call in, especially about the last caller who says they just play casually or, you know, they want to get in the game. They're not sure about playing casually. You know, I just, I, I play on the Marine Corps base primarily, and mm-hmm. I don't leave uh, very often, but when I do, you know, it's just on my way to or from here or there running errands. And, you know, it's a, it's a good way to play. I mean, I've been playing since, you know, like some of the other guys since it, it just started in beta. And, um, you know, I, I'm only a level 10 and, you know, been playing that long, so. And what is it that keeps you playing? Uh, you know, like everyone else, meeting new people, um, it's kind of the, uh, um, how, how do you say it, the, the chase, if you will, you know, somebody new coming on and finding out who that person is and, you know, just chit-chatting. And a lot of these, you know, players that, you know, can, can't really come on base, I, I you know, a lot of us are friendly, you know, we'll, we'll come and sponsor you on and you'll like everyone else. You want to see parts of the Island. 
this is no exception. You know, there's friendly people out there that'll allow you to come on and, and we'll sponsor you so you can see the different memorials and everything. Well, that's great. So, so how would somebody contact you uh, in order to perhaps get sponsored on? Because if you're online, I mean, do they know your identity or how do they, you know, how do they actually contact you? I'm, I'm kind of curious. No, they, they don't, but you see, you know, there's, there's activity, you know, you see uh, through, there's, there's the part of the game called the comms, and, and, you know, you can talk to all the players, whether they're resistance or enlightened, and, you know, you see somebody playing in the area, and, you, you know, you send a message to them, hey, good work making that field, or oh, okay. links, yeah, and you can talk to them that way. Good. Well, thanks very much for calling and sharing your experience, Ryan. No problem. Yeah, you're a friendly guy. <laughs> well, I definitely want to talk a little bit more about this interaction because sometimes interactions can be unpredictable. There are other aspects of the game as well. Of course, if you are playing Ingress, we'd like to hear from you. If you're curious, you can give us a call as well. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Shaney Hiroka and Joylene Kaivi about the alternative reality game Ingress. And, of course, that number to call is 941-3689 on Oahu or from the neighbor islands. You can reach us at... One eight seven seven nine four one three six eight nine. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Sandy Sukiyama and girlfriends Rachel Gonzalez, Rhea Davis, and Allison Maldonado just want to have fun. It's a tribute to lady songwriters in the Atherton on August twenty third. They'll be singing Aretha Franklin, Laura Nero, Carly Simon, and more. Saturday, August twenty third at seven thirty. Tickets at hprtickets.org or nine five five eight eight two one during business hours. On the next On Being, Paolo Coelho on the alchemy of pilgrimage. I was 40 years old, probably too old to change my path. But I said, no, I'm going to change. I'm going to burn my bridges. I'm going to follow my heart from now on, even if I have a price to pay. I'm Krista Tippett. Please join us. Sunday morning at 10, following weekend edition. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. We're talking to Shani Hiroka and Joylene Kaivi about the appeal of Google's ingress. Now, I want to delve into the factions. Of course, uh, if you're interested in which team or faction to join, you can give us a call here. The number is 941-3689 on Oahu or 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. You know, these uh, two factions are represented here, and they will try to recruit you. So with that, I want to ask Shaney as starters, tell us a little bit about, you know, the resistance and the enlightened and what makes one maybe, you know, different from the other and why would one join one faction versus the other? Niantic does have an entire backstory for Ingress. Mm. It's a virtual reality game, but really it's not where the resistance is defending humanity. And Jolene hopefully can explain more about the enlightened. (laughs) (laughs) But basically, we are keeping human minds free from the enlightened control. And by building control fields, we Mm -hmm. are freeing them from the enlightened. So so not to take anything away from Jolene, because I want you to tell us what about the, uh, you know, the uh, enlightened faction. But uh, what, how did the enlightened get? called the enlightened are they in some manner a higher 
let's say, intellectual power or something? Hmm. Or? Well, maybe that Joylene would agree with that. So uh, how would you articulate the difference? I like that. Higher <laughs> intellectual power. <laughs> um, the Enlightened, uh, well, we, are, we embrace change. Um, we are very knowledgeable. Um, we <laughs> are welcoming these shapers here because we believe that they're going to bring us um, enlightenment. So who are the sh- wait, wait, shapers? The shapers. They are? They are... Little green aliens. Right. <laughs> okay, okay. So the resistance are trying to resist this outside influence and the enlightened are saying, come, we're, we, we'd love to learn from you, I guess. Yes, I yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it sounds to me, and, and, and as a player, I can also say that I, one of the appeal is that there's no, you're not like the, the, the Jedi versus the, the evil dark forces, right? I mean, both sides have a relatively rational explanation for why they would pick a specific side. Um, why did you choose to be green, Joylene? I'm going to be honest. <laughs> and honesty is a, is a, a good, good thing. thing. <laughs> John Paul said, pick the green one. When I downloaded the app. <laughs> so I picked the green one, and it was the best decision I've ever made. Oh, good. We have a great team. Um, and that's honestly why I picked the Enlightened. And then when I read a little bit more about it, I was like, that's me. Yeah, I'm Enlightened. <laughs> that is, I'm open. I'm, uh, you know, I embrace change all the time. All right. So. But, Shadi, you had explained that you basically saw too much green, and you're like, well, I'm just going to get out there and make some blue. No, it's because the Enlightened told me to join the Resistance so they could have some competition. They didn't tell me they would beat me down so hard while I was leveling <laughs> up. But <laughs> that's basically why. But um, I do – and. We helped build a whole community. There were very few of us when we started in beta, and it helped. We made friends, and we grew. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, we've got calls. We've got calls, so we want to welcome them. And, of course, if you're interested in giving us a call, the number is 941-3689 or from the neighbor islands at one eight seven seven nine four one three six eight nine, I can hardly think because of all the giggling that's going on over here. But Jacob from Mililani, we want to welcome you to Bite Marks Cafe. Hi, uh, um, I uh, wanted to touch on the, the the global aspect of this. Uh, we haven't really talked about it much, um, but it's not just here in Hawaii. I mean, it is a global thing. Uh, my brother in New Mexico is the one that recruited me, mm-hmm. and he's resistance, and of course I joined resistance because he is and and uh, and so there's just this whole entire global factor about it. That there's these anomalies are not only what happens in your city. There there are things that happen usually within a bunch of different cities, multiple cities, like five or six cities all around the world. And depending on how their scores are, depends on the outcome of the entire anomaly. So, so have you, have you participated in an event that somehow connected Hawaii with your your brother's location? Oh no 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 nothing nothing has popped up with that yet but um uh i've been i've only been playing for a month but i've, I've been reading into it a lot and looking into it a lot and uh and it just seemed really neat that to me that in a way i can sort of play with my brother in a sort of a real way across the world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so and, uh, so jacob you know since you're such a, a a learned person about ingress and and actually reading up on it can you help me understand what is an anomaly um, for, and I, I don't know if I can do that, but uh, so far from what I've read, it just seems that they are, you, basically, it's a controlled sort of fight over an area, 
and mm-hmm. depending on the um, the mind units that you gain, I guess a certain faction wins that particular pocket, and they add up all the different mind units from all the different pockets, and whoever wins the uh, overall wins the or has the most mind units overall wins the anomaly. From what I understand. Excellent. Well, I'm impressed that you find the time to play with a with a young uh, young person in the household. I mean, uh, is does it does it in 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 any way interfere with family life or I always imagine a gamer getting so obsessed with the game that they, that they, 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 they yeah, have they, a family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, uh, I have a, a 10 month old. I'm going to hear him screaming in the background. Um, but, um, uh, he, uh, it, yeah, with, with a family, I mean, it's great because you can just throw them in a stroller and take go off and, and go portals, walk yeah. around and, and, uh, it's, it's great. He loves to be out and carried and moving around. He hates being stuck in the house. Right now I'm doing homework and listening to the show and, and it, he hates it right now, but but otherwise he loves it. Just like going out and anywhere we go, it's like an excuse to walk around with him, and he loves it. Oh, great! Thanks for thanks for calling, uh, Jacob. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, well, so maybe maybe Shaney, you can tell me. I mean, um, can you help me understand what this sort of anomaly is? I, I know because you mentioned anomaly as well. It's just a big event. It's nothing different than what we do on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm, It's mm -hmm. just scored. Somebody is keeping score. So there are a number of portals that Niantic deems is the playing area. It's usually like 30 Oh, so this is, a, this is actually part of a, an, uh, a, an organized yes. game day, perhaps. Maybe there's a, there's a uh, designated time that, that people are actually getting scored. Because right. if I'm out there hacking a portal, it's not getting scored. No. But during this period, a during designated During the anomaly, period. it's usually about oh. an hour long. It's pretty quick. Uh-huh. And there's a fierce battle for control over the portal. There was one at UH last year. Yes. I think that was one of the only that has come out here specifically. It's a mini anomaly. Now, our caller mentioned mine units, and already that I can see might be a little intimidating, <laughs> but that's a, that's an element of scoring. Joylene, what, what is a mind unit? A mind unit? Well, if you go out and you connect three of these portals that we talked about earlier, um, you link them together, it creates a triangle or a, mind, um, a control field. And the control field um, controls the mind units and this is counted um, so you were talking about earlier how we score the game um, this is by the level of uh, the amount of mind units that each faction captures so what's the biggest field cover control field I mean what what have you seen in terms of how oh, big these areas huge. covered could be? Um, millions and millions of mine units uh, we fielded from Oahu to you know wet the west coast before and we fielded um, you guys fielded the resistance fielded um, fielded it a few times as well. So, so you can spam millions in my units, yeah, like Alaska to Hawaii to right. Japan or something like that. Well, now, okay, now I gotta I gotta step it back a little bit because I don't even understand you know these these mine units. And when I go, let's say to the couple of uh, uh, portals that I usually play around with, and and I see these sort of connector fields that seem to connect them, how does that occur? I mean, and who set that up? Is that is that part of that? Mine unit connecting those portals? Janie? Oh, yes. <laughs> like Jolene said, you capture the three portals. Well, you don't need to capture them yourself, but they need to be your faction's color. Uh-huh. And then you connect them because you're hacking them. You should have a key, which will make a link from portal one to portal two. 
Now, uh, when we talked, when we heard from uh, Sherry, she mentioned, you know, catching the attention of security guards and sheriffs, which certainly sounds interesting. And, you know, when you're in a game and you're out in the real world, you encounter all kinds of people. Um, I, I would imagine that that could lead to some less than pleasant experiences. How, how, how do you manage that in Ingress? I have never encountered that, oh. actually. <laughs> I've been That's lucky that way. Uh, Joy Lee? Never. I've never. I mean, I've gotten a lot of weird looks for circling an area that where there's <laughs> nothing hours. there. Um, uh, yeah, I've gotten <laughs> tons of those. But nobody's actually um, approached me or threatened me. Or mm. <laughs> That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we want to welcome Kyle from Nuuwanu to Bite Marks <laughs> Cafe. Welcome to the show. You hey, guys, how are you doing? Hi, Jolene uh, and Cheney. Okay, Hi, you must know these guys. So, Kyle, what do you what do you think of Ingress? Are you one of those level ten guys too? Um, yeah, I, I'm wandering around as a long-standing level ten. I seem to be stuck there for a little bit. <laughs> wow. Okay. And so, uh, what is it that uh, that get, keeps you in uh, Ingress? Um, well, mostly um, mostly the community. I really enjoy the community aspect. Um, I don't have as much free time as I used to. Um, I know most of the game is going out and about and doing things, but there are there's like a sort of a meta game within Ingress that um, I've been able to do from home. Ah, I, okay. This is intriguing. What do you mean by meta game? Um, every every day, um, Niantic, the you know their Ingress creator, mm-hmm. uh, releases uh, little bits about the story in the form of a media drop. Uh, on either Twitter or G plus mm-hmm. and um, along with you know little parts of the story, they also drop these um, these strings of characters um, or codes and um, there's a, a few of us in the world that you know we've kind of formed a you know like a cross faction alliance where we kind of get together online and we try to figure out these puzzles if you can decode them, you end up um, you know, you can enter them into your scanner, and you're uh, you're rewarded with uh, various items. Oh, interesting! And and um, so these cross faction uh, um, collaborations. I mean, how do you how does that is you just just because of the people you meet, you you know, they're at the same kind of level, and you guys want to kind of collaborate on on uh, maybe deciphering some of these uh, little clues. Yeah, I mean, we have a, a local uh, deciphering uh, hangout that we use. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, our real men and women of genius hang out um, <laughs> where we do our we do our little puzzle breaking and um decoding in that hangout uh and then also uh, i've made a few contacts uh globally through um the g plus community uh decode ingress oh great and it's dedicated to you know following the story following all aspects of the game and then also like a um, you know, recruiting uh, decoders from all around the world. So, I mean, I've I've met people from, like, South Africa, Italy, through that, you know, hmm. through networking through that site. And, you know, uh, we all share, like, a mutual love of um, solving puzzles and things like that. Well, I love that, again, there's another element or a way to play that doesn't, you know, doesn't require necessarily walking for the 30,000 steps a day. Thanks for calling in, Kyle. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. Now, um, we have high-level players here, but uh, I can admit that with any game, once you reach a certain level of superiority, it's hard to keep 
hardcore players involved because uh, there's not much further you can go. You can hit the highest level, get everything that you can get, and then you're bored. Um, is there anything, Joylene, that you wished the game did for you or that uh, another game might do for you uh, that would keep things interesting? Um, I think I think it's kept me pretty interested uh, for now. I'm not... I'm not as high at a level as I'd like to be, so I've got some ways to go. Uh, there's a lot more that I'd like to do with the game and that I've been um, working on. So there's still some interest in it. I don't. I can't think of anything now that would be mm-hmm. that I would need to yeah. add. Sure, you know. mm-hmm. Shaney. I'd like bigger weapons. <laughs> you know, we didn't even get to talk about weapons. Well, what kind of weapons are you talking about? There's only one weapon, and it's based upon your level, what you can use. Uh, so so give you make a level two can only use a level two Weapon? burster, uh-huh, uh-huh. and I can use up to eight. And uh-huh. these are what you use to take over a portal, I Correct. Uh. So, so when you okay, so when you use your level two uh, weapon and you go to a portal and you hack in that portal, when can you activate that weapon? As long as you have enough energy, you can attack it. Uh, that's probably <laughs> below my level of energy, so <laughs> I might not be able to. You know, usually I get drained <laughs> while hacking, hacking, hacking portals. That will happen. So, um, Shane, how would you characterize the community in Hawaii on both sides? Although, of course, every faction wants someone to join their side. Uh, is it sounds from what you said in terms of your interactions, it's a pretty welcoming uh, group of folks. Is it very diverse? I think both sides are very welcoming and very diverse. Mm-hmm. We have military people, we have retired people, we have students of all ages, we have a lot of business professionals, we have radio people who play. <laughs> yeah, which one was that? <laughs> so, so if somebody uh, wanted to learn about the game, uh, where would you direct them? They can go to HawaiiResistance.com. Ingr- Hawaii okay, that's the recruiting site, That's right? our recruiting okay. site. There is also the Niantic-sponsored site, which is Ingress.com. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Joylene, if somebody wanted to learn how to be green and enlightened like you, where would they go? They can visit um, EnlightenedHawaii.com. Oh, good. We've also got, um, they can follow us on Instagram, Enlightened Hawaii, um, Twitter, Facebook, G+, all of that. So anywhere you look, you'll probably see us. Can you can you defect from one faction to another? You can. It has to be approved by Niantic. So oh. there is the cha- there's a waiting time, and there's okay. also the chance it might get rejected. Well, that is very interesting. And, of course, you can find uh, Shani Hiroka online as part of the resistance. And, of course, Joylene Kaivi is claiming portals as the enlightened. And we want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about technology that helps with situational awareness during a disaster. And if you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. And of course, you can also find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Happy birthday to my wife, Jennifer. Our engineer is David Chong, and our executive producer is Beth Ann Koslovic. And we leave you with our song pick of the week. Here's a band called Liars and a song called Mess on a Mission. See you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.
and fiction's fiction.